Welcome to more than a few words of marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball and I help small businesses become big businesses. And this morning, although I haven't had a chance to exercise yet today, we're talking about exercise. Okay, we're talking about exercising your marketing muscle. Um, and I've got some fabulous guests here with me today. Um, first up, Marsha Ernie. Marsha, say hey and tell people who you are. Good morning. Marsha Ernie and I'm with No Sweat Workouts in Indianapolis. And you can find her on Twitter at Marsha Ernie. And also joining us is Drew Larison. Drew, tell folks a little bit about you. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Drew Larison. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Drew Larison. Um, I work at the gym in Kokomo, Indiana, um, called Club Fitness 24, and I've been doing their social media and Internet presence for around a year and a half or two years. Well, and also, as always, Allison Carter. Morning, everyone. Trying not to sound like Andre the Giant, this time Aaron. <laughs> Sorry. I had some criticism last night. Oh, but you sounded like Andre the Giant. All right. Really nice, folks. Way to be supportive. This is a this is an informal radio program. Let's try sharing a little while. Always a critic, Aaron. <laughs> and, and since we know Aaron is listening this morning, she's logged into our chat, we can give her a little bit of static. Um, if you'd like to join us, you can find us on blogtalkradio.com backslash roundpeg, and you can join the chat. Or if you've got a question, you can call in at 805 285 9865. So let's get down to it. First question. Um, when you are working on marketing for a fitness facility, who do you target? Who are you talking to? Uh, just about everybody, really. Our, uh, our gym caters to, I would say we're probably 75% female um, in our classes. Um, age range, um, Early 20s to um, my age, and I'm not going to reveal that. Just <laughs> barely over 30. Yes. Thank you, Lauren. That's it. You're just as much over 30 as I am. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Um, those people that either want to lose weight, um, those people that don't want to lose weight, um, they're happy with the way they are, but they really need to get fit. And they do that through our aerobics classes and personal training. Um, they also have a gym fighter class. So they have lots of opportunities to do that. So our market is fairly wide. What is, what is aerobics? Aerobics is a high energy uh, kickboxing workout. It's done to music. It's not, I won't say it's choreographed. Um, it's punches and kicks that have been taken from boxing and karate and have been put together in different combinations, and it's different every single time, but it's, uh, it's a, an intense workout. Well, and we're going to come back to that um, and perhaps even share photos from the round peg aerobics experience. That was a wonderful experience. We had a great time with you. <laughs> okay. Some people had fun. Um, but it was clever marketing. But Drew, I'm going to kick it over to you. If you're doing uh, marketing for the gym in Kokomo, who's your target? Um, a lot like Marsha is mainly women, and we've got that from the Facebook analytics and things like that. Um, it's mostly women between the ages of 25 and 40. That's like our biggest target. Um, and so how we do things for that is try to give out little short, easy tips because usually they're moms on the go. So it's short, easy, different ways to exercise they could do while they're doing their 
busy, busy life that they're normally doing. Uh, it's interesting that both of your target markets are women because it's not like there aren't overweight and out of shape men. Why do you think that difference is? I, well, for, I don't know. For me, um, when I deal mostly with Facebook and Twitter, um, there's, a, there's just a lot more moms and a lot more women on the Facebook page rather than men who are asking questions, who are trying to find out more information through that platform. So that's why women are my target, basically. Marcia, what do you think besides perhaps Ian's charming personality? <laughs> <laughs> well, we find um, the, the men that come into our classes, once they've done the class, once they've figured out the moves, they're hooked. Um, and they continue to come back, they're, they're regular clients. Um, I think in looking at the whole group fitness situation, when men look at a group fitness class, I think they're rather intimidated by um, staying in beat with the music. Uh, they, they tend to think that it's a more um, feminine way to work out, even though it's a hardcore workout. Um, I think they're just a little bit intimidated, but when they come in and they finally figure out, hey, I can do this, and it's, um, it's not what I thought, then they were very comfortable with it. Yeah, and that stereotype is because of one word, in my opinion, and it's Zumba. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's true, because when people, a lot of people, when yeah, they hear know. fitness classes, they think of something like Zumba, where there's Latin music, and you have to be shaking your butt the whole time, and have to like, have this Latin groove to yourself. So I think that's a big stereotype when people think of fitness classes. They think it's something like that, where it's just a room full of women dancing to Latin music. And then they're getting a workout from it. I think that's a great point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you over, how do you use uh, marketing, advertising, or social media to overcome the stereotypes? Um, our best means of advertising has always been word of mouth. So once somebody gets into our class, they're more than likely going to bring somebody else in. And we've been doing some marketing things. To, um, to give them incentives to do that. As far as the social media goes, I think by posting pictures and making sure that um, it's not just women that are in those photographs tagging the men that are doing it, um, you know, having video to go along with that, I think that will help them see that it is for them as well. Yeah, and when it comes to classes with Club Fitness 24, I mean, we know that that's going to be a majority of women in those classes. So we try to just market towards men, not towards those anyway, unless they're interested. Because we have one class that's called the Body Pump, which is a hardcore lifting class, which isn't Latin music or anything like that. Um, and when I take, when people get tours around the gym when they become a member, we explain each class to them. That Body Pump one we explain is it's a really tough lifting workout. That this is the class most guys take. So we market it towards that just by telling them, I guess. Um, but we also use video of the classes, which is really awkward for a 22-year-old guy to take a video <laughs> of Zumba sometimes. And sometimes the instructors don't announce that I actually work for the company. So I could just be this 22-year-old guy <laughs> taking a video of women doing Zumba. So it could definitely come off awkward. But, I mean, so it's got to be done. So I go in there and I make the videos and then I put it on YouTube and the Facebook pages and things like that to show them what the class actually looks like before they actually come into the gym and take the class. Cool. Hey, I've got a bunch of questions um, from our chat, so I'm just going to throw some of these um, 
out there. Um, couple real quick, Erin um, Anderson wants to do you guys do low aerobics for folks um, with lower energy? Yes. <laughs> okay, Erin, you can drive up to um, up to Kokomo for a little low aerobics. I'm pretty sure that does but only have one speed though. <laughs> yeah, um, I, uh, I think you have to modify it yourself. Um, but then, and on a more serious note, um, because you both saying that you know you target women, mm -hmm. with facilities like Curves, do you consider those to be um, competition for you, or is that really a different style facility? I really think that's different. It's it's a good starting point for some people. Um, I I think for us, we are able to get people in. Show them modifications. That was a good point that you just brought up, Lorraine, and, and modifying yourself. We do show our people. They, they, when they come in, they'll say, well, do you have a beginning level class? Well, no, not exactly, because it doesn't take you too long before you are able to take it up a notch. So you can start low. We'll show you how to do that. We'll show you how to modify. Then as you increasingly build, then you're up to speed. Um, and I... I think the market is just slightly different. It, it seems the people that I see going into a curve, I've never been in one, but um, I see an older population going into curves, whereas the older population can certainly come to us. I love that. I think it's great when people closer to my age join us. Um, but I think the market is a little bit different. Okay. Yeah, and um, well, in all of our fitness classes, if it's something that's really high intense or if it's something low intense, we really encourage the people to go at your pace, make, to make them like feel like they're, they should be as comfortable as possible in that class. So if there's something going on, um, like we have a, attack, a body attack class, which is very high intense cardio. You're running all the time, doing steps, you know, lifting things the whole time. But we encourage people, if you don't want to do, say we do 10 reps, you do five. I mean, just make whatever is comfortable for you, and then you can slowly move up to that 10, but you're used to that atmosphere of that class. The question is, do you think giving away too much information on uh, online could be intimidating to people who are starting the fitness? I'm not sure I'd have the courage to go to Ian's class and I'd have seen the video. Um, what do you guys think? What's based on your experience? So, like, you mean information by, um, like, videos of the class going on and mm -hmm. stuff like that? Yeah. Um, I haven't had any issues with that. I think it's an advantage for the, the customer, customer, potential customer, to really see what the class looks like. And, like... Hold on, just... Uh, just, you know, keep going. Uh, just hold on one second. We have a caller. We'll get to your question in a minute, okay? Keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, like I said, Hello? I think it's just... Hi. Um, just give us one minute. We'll get to your question in just a sec, okay? Sure. Cool. Okay. Um, I think it's really good for the customer to be able to get on online and, like, see what the class looks like. Like I said, we have different classes. We have very beginner classes, and then we have very intense classes. So they can look at all of those videos and see which would fit them the best and which they would like to work up to. Awesome. And I, I think the video helps, too, because you can see the wide variety of people in the class. Mm -hmm. You can pan through and don't just capture the very fit, thin mm -hmm. person. That you, you need to be able to let people see that there are all sizes, all shapes, all ages in the class. Awesome. Oh, we just lost our caller. Oh, well, um, we did have a caller, and, and we vanished. But if you call back, we'll get to your question. 
I think that the idea of putting up um, videos and pictures is extremely helpful, especially when you have someone who is not very familiar with the fitness world. It can be extraordinarily intimidating. Uh, and I think that kind of knowing what to expect, seeing what other people do and how other people, even just as basic as how are other people dressing, yeah. you know, that can be a huge thing. Um, when, when you, you know, you don't want to stand out, right? You want to look like everybody else. So I, I don't think it can be a bad thing. Personally. Yeah. Cool. I, well, I know, for example, um, where, uh, where I choose to work out, um, I used to work out when I was younger and thinner um, at one of those places where everybody dressed up and put their makeup on before their workout. And I had absolutely no patience for this because by the time I'm done working out and the sweat is running down my face, the mascara is on my lips. So I really don't think that's a good strategy. So I have um, deliberately chosen a facility where people don't dress up, and they go to, they go to work out, and um, they're in ratty t-shirts. And I also happen to, to like it because, again, it's people all shapes and sizes. You um, see our people coming in on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's dedication. Yes, it is dedication, but they come dragging in, and there is no makeup, and you know, they are dressed. Um, However, people clothes are good. I have I have two questions. Um, the first one is: Have you guys ever done um, in-store promos or preview classes um, to help people figure out whether or not it's going to be a good workout for them? Do you guys use kind of the free sample strategy? We do. Um, our first class that we offer people is always free. We encourage them to come in, give it a try. If it's something that you want to pursue, then, then we go ahead and tell them the pricing arrangement. But um, it's always a good idea to get them in the door. And once we do, we, we can pretty much sell the class. Cool. Yeah, um, at our gym, we have, I mean, we have like the treadmills and all that. And then we have the group fitness room that is just a part of your membership with no extra charge. So like people can try out any class they want, or they can just go back to their normal running on the treadmill if they don't like the class. So they can try any class at any time um, that the class is going on. So yeah, it's free samples whenever you want. Cool. All right. So I had another um, another question, and this was directed specifically to you, Drew. This is from Aaron. So make sure you answer. Uh, Which one? Aaron, it's Aaron Couch. Okay. This is uh, Aaron One. Um, <laughs> Drew, what's your biggest challenge with using social? What's on your wish list? Um, where, do, where would you like to see it go? Um. I hate saying this, but like Kokomo is much different than Indianapolis, um, especially when it comes to Twitter. Um, I mean, I'm on Twitter all day for Club Fitness 24, and like I'm tweeting at people and I'm trying to engage with them. But when it comes to brand um, engagement with customers in Kokomo, it's not where it's at in Indy. Mm -hmm. And um, I love Kokomo. Don't get me wrong. I grew up there. I was born there. But we've always been one step behind when it comes to technology and internet and marketing and things like that. So when it just comes to getting people to engage, um, Facebook's fine. People love our Facebook page, and I get comments all the time on pictures, on videos, questions, all about that. But when it comes to Twitter, I really wish there would be more engagement. So we're trying a few different things to try to get more engagement with that. Cool. Marsha, how about you? And I know you guys are just kind of toeing the water with your web and social media. Exactly. Uh, any successes, anything that's worked so far on the internet marketing side? I'm pretty much targeting um, the Facebook part of it, and I'm pleased so far with the amount that we have our, in our Instagram page, but um, of course I'd like to increase that more and uh, uh, 
more comments, more questions made on there. Um, the Twitter side of it, I'm not really active on that yet, and I probably should be. It's just a time factor. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, you know what, I mean, and, and I think um, uh, I would rather see businesses in any industry do one thing well rather than do um, three sort of mediocre jobs. I mean, if you're getting good results, what do you think, Allison? Because you, you do this a lot more day in, day out. Well, I think that, um, you know, I think that a lot of people said, we have to be on Twitter. Everyone's on Twitter. Twitter is so important. Let's step back for a minute. 12% of the American population is on Twitter. And of those, most people never tweet a single word. Um, Twitter is a wonderful tool. I love it personally and professionally. But for an organization like No Sweat, where a the primary demographic is women, where you're primarily consumer focused instead of business focused, where you do have a very small team of people trying to get everything done in a single day. Um, I don't think Twitter makes as much sense as focusing and doing, as Lorraine said, doing Facebook well. So, no, I, I can't fault that strategy at all. Um, we also offer a product called Crazy Speed School at our gym, and it's mainly marketed towards high school, middle school athletes. Um, and that's what Twitter has been most successful for, marketing towards that, because every high schooler is on Twitter, almost. Like, it's, there's a ridiculous amount of kids on Twitter. Wow. That, um, that's really what we're using Twitter for, mainly, is engaging with those high schooler kids that are athletes, that are they're tweeting on Friday nights after the football game, stuff like that. You know, they already have that interest in sports. So we're, we also, we do sports scores on our Twitter page, like high school sports, like local Kokomo high school sports, to just try to get those kids to be attracted to that Twitter account even more. Um, and then every now and then we just shout out a video or a picture about Parisi Speed School. Now that's interesting because that goes against the general demographics that we see on Twitter where mm -hmm. very, very few people under the age of, really under the age of about 20 on yeah. Twitter. Um, mostly we see the sweet spot in about the 24 to 35 demographic on Twitter. So that that might be a Kokomo thing because I'm telling you, every high school student in Kokomo is on Twitter. Do you think it's like a class assignment or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like they I was being serious. I don't know. They use it for like texting. Kids in Kokomo, because it's just like one giant chat room. But where everyone can see it. Exactly. Unfortunately, like unfortunately at times, you're right. But, um, but yeah, a lot of high schoolers in Kokomo are on Twitter, and that'd be huge. And we have IUK in Kokomo, which is um, a small college, sure, but there's a lot of kids and 20-year-olds going to that college, so there's a huge market there, too. Um, and it was funny because you answered the question or started talking about teams mm -hmm. just as um, one of the two Aaron's put up a question in the chat about. Um, They're all over this uh, They are. Well, you, <laughs> you know, I think they're still basking in the afterglow of their um, round peg racing yeah. experience, and so they're sharing the love, which I think is awesome. Um, but they uh, that asked about kind of younger teams and, mm -hmm. and uh, if you guys do any programs for that. Do you guys do anything marketing to that age group? Um, we have not to this point. We do have a few um, teams that do our class, and they're more than welcome to do the class. I, I, I would love to encourage that market more. Um, that's something that we're just now starting to talk about and, you know, perhaps getting out there and getting the word out there more for the teams and, and even offering a class for them after school. An easy way to get into that team market also is when you're, you can buy a family gym membership. And so like if this family has teenagers or even younger kids, like we have crazy speed classes 
for I think kids age five to 19 or something like that. So if you have like a family membership that they buy, all those kids can come with their parents on a night and then the kids can take a speed class while the mom takes a fitness class while the dad does the treadmill and the weights. So you try to make that whole package where the whole family can use it. And then when the kids learn more on Twitter, when they come in with their family, that's where an engagement can start. So other strategies, um, uh, we had a question here, um, partnering with schools. Oh, and by the way, we had a correction. I guess one of the schools that you mentioned is in Newcastle, too? Mm -hmm. I believe that she's referring to the fact that in Newcastle there's also a lot of uh, teenagers mm -hmm. on um, the Twitter. So I think that might be the And I make their protein shakes after their workout. And like, <laughs> I really got that awesome 
beginning relationship with the clients of the gym. So, like, I mean, it's the Dunder Mifflin effect. We have that smaller, if you watch The Office, you get that mm-hmm. reference. Um, we're the smaller, more personal, we care about you, or you're just not a number to us type of feeling. And I'm guessing it's the same for you guys. You know, it's a smaller gym, and I love it. Yeah. I think that's a really crucial point. If you want to build community online, the first step is building community offline. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think that can be just enough, and in fact, I'd like to take this opportunity to invite all of you to one of our community building events next week, um, <laughs> next Thursday at what, 4 o'clock? 4.30. 4.30, we'd like to invite you all to the Round Peg office for pumpkin carving. Um, just a silly little bit of fun, get everyone together, maybe we normally only see online and take it to the real world and have some, some nice, good, clean, autumnal fun. So we would love to see you guys all um, next. Thursday. Of course, we are going to be allowing both Jenna and Allison to have knives, yeah. so I, I'm not quite sure how that's all going to work out. Will there be a waiver that we have to sign? <laughs> I have to think that anybody who wants to come will definitely need to um, sign a waiver. But I, I do think, you know, to Allison's point, that idea that um, you do something fun, you promote it online, but you it is, it is that balance between on and offline that really makes um, the social media real and makes it, um, uh, makes it fun. And Erin, I believe the answer is no, we will not be hearing a rap from our guests this morning. As they you win, Erin. You win. <laughs> Uh, I don't think we can beat that. Marsha <laughs> did offer to do some kicks for us, so we may have that on video here before we're done. Well, and, and here's the thing. Um, I'm thinking if you take your rap to one of these two gyms, I'm guessing these folks will take you off. <laughs> we love it. Cool. Awesome. Well, this has been just um, a really um, great conversation. Closing thoughts. If you've got somebody listening who's got a small facility, whether it's a gym or just a small business in general, Last tip that you'd like them to think about in terms of marketing their business. Okay, I'll go. Um, um, care. Care about your clients and really love the heck out of them because without them, you don't have a business in the first place. And when it comes to a really intimidating environment like a gym, they need to feel like they're getting hugged and just like they really feel supported by your, um, by your gym and by your business the whole time you're there. So while if, if it's in the gym or if it's on Twitter, on Facebook, anything, make sure they know that you're caring about them and you're caring about their fitness the whole time. Well, that's, that's perfect. And also we found that um, giving incentives to our current people is um, important. We were giving free classes to people as they come in the door, but if our tried and true clients that are just so supportive of us, um, bring somebody in, now what can we do for them? What can we do to, to thank them, to make them feel good about what they've done? So um, we offer them incentives as well. So and that's a critical point. You've got to love the customers that you have. Exactly right. Because it's so much harder to get a new one than it is to keep one that you already have. So a very crucial point. Great. Um, okay. so. Um, we're almost out of time. If people want to learn more, Drew, about what you're doing for the gym or other projects, how do they find you? Um, just follow me on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. I love tweeting and I love talking with people. So, um, Mr. Drew Larison is my Twitter handle, and that's one R and Larison. Um, yeah, just if you have any questions, just let me know. And you can also find my blog, um, mrdrewlarison.tumblr.com. 
and Marsha. People want to find you. And you can do Twitter, but I have to admit that I'm more <laughs> on Facebook than I am on Twitter, so you can find me. Um, we have a fan page for No Sweat Workouts, and that's K-N-O-W, not N-O. But you do no sweat when you come to us. <laughs> <laughs> or you can visit our website, um, nosweatworkouts.com. Awesome. Allison, funny thoughts? I uh, just want to thank both of our guests. Both of our guests are very good friends of Round Peg, and I'm so glad we could have them both in. Make sure to check me out on Twitter at Allison L. Carter, two L's and Allison, spell it the right way. And now, of course, hope that you check us out at roundpeg.biz. If you um, enjoyed today's program, if you want to see more uh, tweets by me, you're going to actually have to follow two streams these days. I'm transitioning the Roundpeg Twitter account to be more about the business. And if you want to know what's going on in my life, be sure to look for Lorraine Ball. And in general, if you want more info on marketing, networking, and social media, be sure to check out www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.